walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. Giving it back. What's up, everybody? It's your boy. It's the hardest part of the ring. Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. Holy shit. We got we got a legendary show for you today uh, a recap of a legendary show i'm not calling my show legendary i'm not an asshole um <laughs> but uh yes hardcore heaven ecw hardcore heaven 1995 like i said legendary show um i mean <laughs> you watch it and you're like, man, this is some pretty classic ECW. This is kind of, uh, this is what I expect from the old uh, Extreme Championship Wrestling. Uh, but there's one match on this show that is uh, particularly infamous. The Taipei Deathmatch. Now, uh, if you're not familiar with this match, I, uh, I mean, I think the podcast will speak for itself. But essentially, uh... It's a match between the Rotten Brothers, of course, because why wouldn't it be? Uh, if you've been following along with my ACW reviews, uh, you know that they've been ramping up the uh, the stipulations uh, and the matches between those two brothers. So uh, I, this feels like the climax to me, you know, so. And I say that because uh, it's high pay death match is a match in which uh, each participant uh, glues shards of glass to their hands. Uh, and you can only imagine what that entails. So uh, lots to get into just in that match alone. But with looking at the rest of the card, I mean, we got some more uh, some more Cactus Jack versus Sandman nonsense, which only uh, we Sandman is a young Sandman is something special. I'll just say that. But um. We get a lot of Shane Douglas bullshit. I mean, I, I I keep saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this is Shane Douglas' last show. It seems like it never comes. But yes, Shane Douglas will soon be uh, leaving ECW and uh, debuting in the WWF as Dean Douglas. Right. It's a teacher, folks. It's a Dean. <laughs> Alliteration. But... Uh, Outside of that, I mean, we got a, a great match. All these ECW shows, as uh, anyone who's watched ECW or if you've at least listened to my reviews, you know, that there's all, ECW shows are generally this. Uh, and actually, my guest puts it pr- very well. Uh, he says something along the lines of, 
Uh, this show was like uh, wrestling uh, on methamphetamine uh, with a good wrestling match. <laughs> and that's like, uh, that's, that's the show to a T because we get Taz versus Two Cold Scorpio, which serves as your like uh, your 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 pro wrestling match, uh, which was very fun for a lot of reasons. So lots to get into. The Shah is here. Nine one one. We got croquet mallets. I mean, anything, everything that you uh, you you want from from wrestling is here. Uh, the gangsters are here. Uh, the fucking uh, public enemy. I mean, there's there's so much to get into. Um, but if you like this type of episode, you're like, man, hardest part of the ring. Love your ECW episodes. Don't give a shit about your other ones. But boy, howdy, do I chug dick when you uh, fuck. I'm so- vulgar for no reason boy howdy do i enjoy your ecw uh reviews well listener go to apronbump.com go to the episodes tab and select ecw and you will find all of my ecw reviews that i have done thus far starting from the very beginning uh from their rebrand to extreme championship wrestling back in November of 94, and now we are here at Hardcore Heaven, have done each show chronologically, so go check that out. Uh, some of my most fun episodes are ECW, because they're just so fucking silly. Um, but all my full episodes are there at apronbump.com, and wherever you listen, uh, on YouTube as well. Um, hey, check out the merch. You know what I'm saying? Got got a, got a little logo action here. Got this in the, uh, what would they call it? Cardinal Red, I guess is, is the color. Uh, they have it in black as well. They have you know, tank tops, uh, book bags. Um, I already made a condom joke last time. Uh, they have, uh, oh, I don't know. They have a lot of shit with my logo on it, so go check that out. Uh, also at apronbuff.com if you just go to the store tab, supported by What a Maneuver. So uh, check that out. Rate my podcast, review it, um, do whatever, you know, I guess. I'm so good at this. Let's get right into it, man. And we get into it with my guest, Brent, from the A Work in Progress Wrestling Podcast. Uh, You can check out Brent and his podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, on YouTube as well, uh, live on Twitch as well. All that info in the description below. uh, Support their Patreon, uh, jerk off their dogs, everything you want to do to support them. And uh, yeah, just they have a, a hilarious podcast. They talk a lot about old school wrestling over there and just have a good time. So, um, and I'm always drawn to people who have fun <laughs> with because wrestling's fucking silly. So, like, you can't be taking it too serious. So, uh, definitely recommend that. Go check out a work in progress wrestling podcast. All that info in the description. Let's get to it, baby. ECW hardcore heaven 1995 with myself and brent from the a work in progress wrestling podcast it does that sometimes sometimes it'll like put people in the audience so it's literally really? like but they're like you couldn't see me right when you're in here oh no, yeah no it's just me it's so bizarre I, I literally did nothing different i just backed out and did the same thing <laughs> but i mean with technology you never fucking know sometimes you gotta take it out blow into it Let's see what <laughs> like happens. A fucking Nintendo, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Put it back in, blow into it again. You yeah. know how it goes. Reset, start, reset, start, reset, start. Right. <laughs> that's that's my IT. That's yeah. all I can do. How's your week been going, man? How you doing? I mean, I can't complain. I don't have really anything to complain about. So that's that's how I always look at it too. Could be a lot worse. 
than whatever bullshit I got going on. A hell of a lot worse. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on in the world, and a lot of people got a lot worse than I do. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could be a uh, you could be in the Dudley family. You know, it could be a lot worse than than what we're doing. I could be snot Dudley. There it is. God, oh, well, we'll get right into that, man. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, you said you got a chance to watch the show, Hardcore Heaven. I did. I watched it yesterday. Yep. Did it. Uh, so I got first of all, are you like familiar with this era of ECW at all? So, no, not really. I mean, I knew some of the guys in here, obviously, but I don't know like any in-depth analysis on them. Uh, it wasn't really on TV uh, back then for really anybody, I guess, except for like at two in the morning. So I had only right. heard things about people being like, oh, I saw this this on at two in the morning. It was like the Sandman. I remember like, my older brother had seen it and he thought like hearing the name the Sandman was the coolest wrestling name that he had ever heard. Right. <laughs> Do you know the origin of Sandman? No, chance? I don't. Well, actually, so they had like the old, they had the very few first episodes on the WB network, and I did watch those, and I distinctly remember me being in a wetsuit and having a surfboard, right? Yes. So I'm not sure if that's, I assume that's the origin, but I assume, oh, he's a surfer. He's in the sand. Sandman. Money. Printed. Right. A surfer <laughs> man in Philadelphia where the surf is really good. See, that would have gotten over. You could have had a surfboard instead of a Singapore cane. Out. Some people would have come to see it. I mean, if you've watched any WCW Bash at the Beach, somebody's been hit with a surfboard, and I'm sure. Like, oh, God, I forgot about it. I literally watched that show like a couple months ago, and I already purged that out of my memory. But So thank uh, you for putting that back in there. I hear you. There was some <laughs> so, stuff yeah, on this show I'd like to purge out of my memory. You're telling me. And it was weird. So like, so I sent you the link um, to like the off-brand YouTube, whatever. Because normally that version is uncensored, but whatever case, this time it wasn't. I don't know if they just ripped it off a, a DVD that was produced later in time or what it was, but it was it was bizarre because Sandman came out to like some EDM shit on that version, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So I, I just ended up watching the Peacock because it was better quality and some of the dub music was even better on Peacock. Surprisingly, I, and then the gangsters didn't come out to Natural Born Killers. So it's like if they're not coming out to Natural Born Killers, then what am I even doing here? Exactly. And Public Enemy, they didn't come out to uh, Hop Steppers. So it's like, what is what is their value if you don't have that music behind them? Right. They just sound like they just look like idiots waving their arms back and forth to some generic WWE 2K12 music. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's yeah. Actually, it was kind of a bop. It was kind of a bop. I'm not going to lie, but it's, it's no Hop Step. Kyle played sure. it in his car today. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to tell anybody. <laughs> So uh, overall thoughts on the show? Is this still fresh in your mind? It was like wrestling on crack or some sort of amphetamines. There it was wasn't just... like it wasn't like wrestling on crack. It was watching wrestling that was on, on many drugs and marijuanas. <laughs> yeah, it, there was a lot to process in, in this thing. A whole lot going on. A uh, hundred miles an hour, pretty much the entire time. Yeah. Well, I guess a hundred miles an hour sometimes it's falling off a cliff. If you count that, um, but because <laughs> there's some parts that I mean, I guess we'll get into it. But yeah, um, starts off hot, though, with the Pitbulls versus the Dudleys, the debut of the Dudley family here on ECW, as far as I'm aware, right. at least since I've been watching these. Um, I mean, Bubba and Devon, they're looking very different here. So these early iterations of wrestlers is crazy, you know? 
It's insane what they do to him when they get him to WWE. They become a whole different person. It's amazing. A whole different, yeah, a whole different race and everything. It's like, man, that's bold, even for yeah, that time. Yeah, and then were they the Dudley brothers or the Dudley boys? Because there seemed to be some confusion with Joey Styles as to whether they were the Dudley boys. I just started calling them the Dudley boy brothers. <laughs> can't go wrong. Yeah. You can't go wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, we got Dudley Dudley. I didn't just have a stroke there. No, that's his name. Dudley Dudley and Snot Dudley. Of course, of course, accompanied by Big Dick Dudley uh, versus Pitbull number one and his tag team partner. Pitbull number two. <laughs> With, uh, and you have you know, Beulah McGillicuddy's ringside, Raven and Stevie Richards. They have this whole faction going on, at least for now, foreshadowing. Right. Um, the match is what it is. The pit, it's, it's kind of formulated like a squash match for the Pitbulls. They dominate most of the match. But then uh, outside of the ring, Stevie Richards finds a uh, a lady ringside, which I believe is Francine. Am I right on that one? It definitely looked like uh, the what was she? The queen of hardcore Francine, I think they call her. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I believe that's because she she was on the last show and I was pretty sure that was Francine. Um, But she's back here and uh, Stevie and Francine make out ringside for whatever reason. Uh, Raven, who's there, will have none of this. So he he grabs Francine by the hair, grabs Stevie by the hair, and he brings them backstage. He's like, he's going to give them spankings, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I and, didn't understand that either. Raven's like, no making out in my town, damn it. You kids in your making out. We're not doing that here. <laughs> oh, God. But inside the ring, as if that's not ridiculous enough. So you got uh, the pit bulls. They go for a super bomb on snot uh well they hit it actually on snot dudley pitbull number two makes the pin but from the top rope dudley dudley comes off with an elbow onto pitbull number two and snot dudley makes the pin for the win so the dudley boys get a win uh even though it's pretty much attributed to so it's a raven stevie richards all those guys they go to the backstage and the pitbulls are just lost without their master i believe is which how Joey Styles described him. Uh, so they just had no idea. It's like Festus before you ring the bell. They were just worthless. Yeah. Um, so the Pitbulls lose to the Dudleys. Hot, hot start, huh? I mean, when this match started, if you would have said, who's going to win this? I would have said, well, Pitbull won and Pitbull two probably. Uh, right. I like not super familiar with the Pitbulls, but I have seen them wrestle before. I thought they were pretty uh, athletic for their size. Um, yeah. The Dudley boys, specifically uh, uh, Dudley Dudley Squared, I like to call him Dudley Dudley. Uh, he was fun. pretty impressive. At first, when he got tagged in, he really didn't want to get into the ring at all. He looked like nah, like he didn't want to be here. He's like kind of a slacker. He wanted to go home and play video mm-hmm. games. But then he came in there and kind of kicked some ass. Uh, the finish was a little bit weird. Obviously, the the pitbulls were kicking their ass up until the makeout scene behind outside mm. that Raven would not stand for. Uh, yeah, so it was a it was a fun little opening match. It was weird to see the Dudley Boy Brothers in this sort of iteration. It was I never knew that this was a thing. Big Dick Dudley is probably one of my favorite wrestling names of all time, though. So there's that. Oh, it's great. Why's that? Why's that? I mean, it's big. There's Dick. There's Dudley. You know, I mean, what's not to like about that? Oh yeah, especially the Dick. Love. Yes, that's the best part of it. And that's what everybody knows about us. We love Dick. So big Dick guys. <laughs> <laughs> Big dick guys. Um, <laughs> lost my train of thought. Got too, got too lost in the dick. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, cause I, I'm not really aware. I've heard of the extended Dudley family. So I'm, I'm excited to uh, 
delve into the the, the layered uh, history and the uh, the nuances of each guy's personality. Uh, who else is there? Obviously, you got Bubba, Devon, and Spike. Are there any other Dudleys other than these three? You got me, man. Um, they should have brought in a girl Dudley. It could have been like Molly Holly. Could have been the 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 girl Dudley boy. That our girl Dudley girl. That would have been nice. I'm not sure who else was in that damn thing. So they actually did that for a bit with Stacy Keebler. Uh, oh, so yeah, I just watched WrestleMania eight and she came out with them and I was like, why is, why is Stacy Keebler with the Dudley boys? This makes no sense. Nothing, nothing else to do. So, Hey, make you a manager of get some you know short what? shorts out there and get some short shorts on and get out there, honey. You, you're saying that like a joke, but that's probably literally what it is. Hey, show those gams. You, you, you wench. <laughs> Exactly like that. The the Duchess of Dudleyville is what they called her, by the way. So of course, they which did. is actually kind of clever. So it is. Well, you know, it's not clever is uh, the Pitbulls and their promo. So they're <laughs> they're they're out there. They they just lost their match. They're they're upset. They're yelling. They're sweaty. They're veiny. Um, and this is this is where because there's like I said, there's no uncensored version, at least that I could find. I don't know if you ever did. No. Um, but they're they're cutting this promo after the match and they're like they're upset and they said they've just had about enough of this they just had a, about enough of this beep stevie richards i'm, just, I'm trying to figure out what they said because it started with a cr, cr like a cr cross dresser cross dresser steve maybe or i would i wouldn't want to say that maybe that maybe it didn't start with a c and it started with a q and they might have said you know a mm. word i will not say that people probably said in the 90s so maybe they called him that which i could see them saying that i'm impressed that you were able to pick up anything that these motherfuckers said because to me it just <laughs> sounded like it's like you ever go to a concert and everybody on the on the stage has a mic and everybody's yelling something and nothing yeah. none of it makes any sense that's what this sounded like <laughs> to me. it just sounded like a bunch of nonsense it really was. Maybe it was cocksucker. It might have been cocksucker that he said. That cocksucker's a good one. <laughs> it's it's really one. underutilized in my opinion. <laughs> really, we need to bring that back. Somebody should call somebody. Next AEW. Somebody just call somebody cocksucker. Cocksucker to start that chant. I mean, it's easy um, to chant. <laughs> it's easy to make on a t-shirt. Whatever it is. Exactly. Um, but speaking about cocksuckers, we got four of them out in this next match. Uh, it's a tag team match. We got the Broad Street Bully and Chad Austin versus Dino Sandoff and Don E. Allen. Uh, or Jamoke number one through four, however you want to <laughs> look at this. Generic the, wrestler uh, one through four. Yeah, is a little randomizer, create a wrestler, and then throw him out there. That's what this was. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not the match that matters. Uh, I don't even know if anything happened. Uh, up until a certain point when 911 came out. You big 911 guy? So I am now that you stop whatever atrocity we're about to be served up with <laughs> these guys in the ring. Cause literally they come back and I see these guys in the ring and I'm like, is this fucking for real? Are these guys serious? Cause it looked like it literally looked like four guys that they pulled out of the crowd and said, I ah, just get in there, just get in there and roll around. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but I do remember nine to one, one showing up at ECW show. So I kind of thought I'm like, maybe nine one, one shows up here and thank God. I think that that guy would be a perfect guy for a Royal rumble appearance in the nineties. Could you imagine? Oh yeah. I'm surprised he never, I think he actually went to WCW at some point. I'm not, I'm not, super familiar with the history of mr 911 but i believe he ended up at wcw at some point um but yeah they probably exactly. paid him like seven million dollars just to stand around probably <laughs> i mean the work to money ratio of this guy all he does is choke slam people which 
Not a bad gig. That's right. I mean, get in and get out. That's what I always say. <laughs> He's, I mean, it's literally, and I talked about this in my last ECW episode, it's almost like the predecessor to Wardlow nowadays, because now Wardlow just gets in there and power bombs people over and over again. Now this guy just gets in and choke slams people. So, um, but it was super over for whatever reason. The, the, the ECW crowd in Philly that night loved this shit. I mean, they, they would have watched him choke slam these four Jamokes for three hours straight and they would have been happy. Yeah. This crowd was happy with a lot of things. I mean, they were throwing a lot at them and they were ecstatic for almost all of it. There is <laughs> there, there are several points in the show where I'm watching it and I'm like, if I, if this was on mute, this would suck ass. But because there's a crowd, it's like, OK, I guess this is exciting. I like, think it looks terrible, but the people like it. So it must not be terrible, you know? Yeah, particularly the main event. But we'll we'll get to yeah. that. We won't blow our load on that one yet. But um. So yes, nine one one. He choke slams each four of these guys, and then he gives a double choke slam to uh, two of them. Who cares who which ones they were? Uh, the crowd's chanting, "We want 10. as they want ten choke slams. But I guess he used ten of his fingers to choke slam two people, so that suffices. And he also probably didn't want to murder anybody. My favorite part was the guy with the ponytail. After he watched him choke slam everybody else, tried to reason with him. If I'm ponytail guy, I'm running. After the first guy is choke slam, see you later. I'm out of here. Well, you know, Brent, that sometimes they say the the pen is mightier than the sword. So <laughs> I guess that's a good point. I don't know if that applies here, but people say that it's a good point. I don't think it is. But speaking of ponytails, <laughs> we got oh, we got a powerful ponytail in this next match. Big Mally. So, OK, so in the in the last show, he was Val Puccio, but here he's announced as Big Mally. Whatever the case is, it's just this big bowling ball of a man uh, versus Hack Myers. Who? The Shah. You familiar with the Shah? No, this is the first time I had ever seen the man of Hack Myers. He's not a handsome man. I mean, I think if he had a better hairstyle, eh, I think that the, the hair, it's, it's a weird, it's like half his head is shaved. It's, it's hard to get past that. He looks like he smells bad, too. But relative to other people on this show, I mean, he's probably top... Right. He does look like you know. if you touched him, he'd probably be sticky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really matted chest hair. Just I bet really you like... even if he if he had a bag full of pills, Sonny'd still have sex with him, though. You know, as long as he, <laughs> as long as you have 20 bucks and a <laughs> smile. Uh, we laugh because it's true. But anyways, yes. the Shah's here. Uh, he's a phenomenon. The Shah, let me tell you, he's um. Before I started watching all these ECW shows, I, I had not once heard of Hack Myers. Not once. Because you hear of, even if you don't watch ECW, you know who Sandman is, Tommy Dreamer, Sabu, stuff like that. Hack Myers was never a name that crossed my desk. Um, but yeah, he's super over for whatever reason. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, it's the, the, the Shaw chance is really all you need, I guess. Because, um, the wrestling ability, the the charisma. I'm, I'm not seeing it, but uh, people love to chant things, so they love the Shah. And then you have uh, Val Puccio, who uh, was billed at 510 pounds, which uh, could be true. I don't know. I think they undersold him a little bit. He had he had at least 200 pounds underneath his like arms. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was at least he was he was a dense boy, he and was he's a, not a ton individual. I mean, I, don't, I couldn't tell how tall he was. He didn't look like a short guy. So um, but then again, I don't know how tall Hack Myers is. So 
they're about the same height. But yeah, the fact that Valpuccio can run at all, it was incredible. He, he had only a few bursts. You know, he, he would run like clothesline hack in the corner. It was like, how is that physically possible? I don't know how it is with just how he's built. Um, the crowd has, there's a you, you fat fuck chant. <laughs> you fat fuck. So they gotta love Philly. They just get right to the point sometimes. Um, but this match, it's, it's literally like <laughs> when I was talking about falling off a cliff, this is one of those situations where it was, it felt like it was like five minutes straight where big Mally, he would clothesline hack Myers in the corner, walk away, gab at the audience and then hit another splash in the corner. And then he would just repeat that, repeat that, repeat that. Um, and every time he did it, the ring moved at least six inches every yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's an athlete, very strong boy. Huge guy. Uh, it's all in the ponytail, ah. um, which I don't know if I ever mentioned, but he has a ponytail with a bald head. So that's I feel a like the ponytail was attached to his hat. Did he have a hat? I believe he had a hat on the whole match, didn't he? He had some sort of weird like. Hat. I thought he was just bald. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. I was. Maybe I wasn't looking at his head, I guess. Um, well, how could you with that guy. body, pal? I get it. Goddamn. Yeah, goddamn. <laughs> goddamn, pal. Look at that size. Look at him move, pal. No, please. More than. Can you just do the rest of the podcast like Vince McMahon? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Hack Myers at one point stupidly tries to body slam Big Mally, but uh, he hurts his back in the process. And this allows Mally to uh, hit him with some punches. He eventually hits a, like a world's strongest slam onto Hack Myers, followed by a big splash. Uh, but Mally follows this up. He tries to with a elbow drop, but he misses. And Hack Myers just lazily throws his arm over Mally, and that's the finish. Because I guess Mally can't roll if he's he's like a turtle. Like if he gets on his back, he can't <laughs> get his shoulder up. So, um, so yeah, Hack Myers gets the win in a uh, barn burner of a contest. It was just R.I.P. to Hack Myers' rib cage because he brought down the mass of his weight down across down upon him several yeah. times over and then several times again i felt really bad for hack myers's ribcage way worse than i felt about his face so because <laughs> <laughs> you can't wreck that anymore than it's already been wrecked exactly so. um but yeah so hack hack's got some momentum now so we'll, we'll see what the future holds for the shah and um i'm sure you're you're on the edge of your seat I mean, I cannot wait. I just cannot wait to see what happens with. In my notes, I wrote a big Italian guy, I guess. That's what I said. That's, I didn't get his <laughs> name. I had no idea what his name was. <laughs> I think I put Big Vito in here because he looked like a Big Vito, didn't he? <laughs> I, I would believe that had I not known what his name was. Um, Quite the impression okay. he left on me, pal, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seriously like I'm wondering like where he drops off because he's so like over here. He's such a big deal. At some point, I guess he just disappears. Uh, maybe he goes like WCW and becomes like a, I don't know, Tarzan or some stupid ass gimmick over there or something. Oh, I could see him being a Tarzan. That would be amazing. I hope that happens. I do. But too. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Tarzan, we have a guy who was formerly kind of a Tarzan gimmick, Taz, because uh, he was he's just newly repackaged himself as Taz because he was before this he was the Tasmanian Devil. Uh, now he's just Taz with a Z, just one hold, Z. Hold. He was really called the Tasmanian Devil. Okay, so he was called the Tasmaniac. Okay, I, I think God. I think before that he might have been the Tasmanian Devil. Somebody call in if you have if you have if you want to correct me. One eight hundred hardest part of the ring. Call in now, please. <laughs> Don't ask me how I got that many letters in my <laughs> phone number. 
Um, so we got Taz. You got a lot versus... of letters in your phone number. <laughs> I'm from a remote country off the coast of Malaysia, uh, but we got uh, we got Taz versus Too Cold Scorpio. Man, this so this is like the uh, you got the bullshit that we <laughs> we've covered so far, and then we got some real wrestling here. Taz here specifically, I mean, he just looks like a smaller version of Powerhouse Hobbs. I don't know if you got that impression. I mean, I know that's the idea with Hobbs with the orange and stuff, but just how Taz's or uh, like his singlet was here, it was kind of longer, and he had like the goatee and a little bit of hair. He looked just like Hobbs. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put that together until you said it. But now that I think about it, you're right. He did look a lot like a like a because he's he looks so young here. Uh, yeah. Just the way he moved, like I didn't really see a lot of Taz except for when he was with WWE, and I'd never seen anything like this. And anytime you're in there with Scorpio, I mean. That's always going to be a good match. He can still do it today. Yeah, he still is. He's still a major star, I guess, in GCW and other places. Yeah. Um, this is a pretty fun match. I mean, a lot of this match is like Scorpio will do a move on the Taz and the Taz will no sell it, uh, much like Hook does nowadays. And Taz will just get up and do some sort of suplex on the Scorpio. I mean, I could, I could watch Taz suplex people all day, so I wasn't mad at that at all. It's, it's like so believable. And like he has like this weird flexibility about him, along yeah. with like his stout power, is is so fun to watch. And you say you've always seen Taz in WWE, so was this like a? I could, I guess he's he wasn't that different in WWE at least in the beginning. But was this like a like a shock to you to watch Taz wrestle here? It was a bit a little bit of like an eye opening experience because I mean like he was kind of like that in WWE, but he never got over to that extent. And then he right. never did like all the no selling that he does in ECW, probably because they weren't going to allow that. Um, at WWE, but yeah, no, I was really impressed with this match. I thought it was really good. Scorpio hit that crazy spinner Rooney flip shit that he did off the top rope, Ooh, and, then, and then yeah, Taz completely no sold it. And I didn't know Taz did the no sell thing, so I guess that thing that Hook did isn't so bad after all. Yeah, I didn't realize Taz just did it all the time. I thought it was only like a thing he pulled out in like big matches, but it's literally like he's like the fiend here. Like everything Scorpio does, it's just like like you said that that beautiful. I guess like a Phoenix leg drop, you would call it from Scorpio yeah. got so much height and landed it perfectly because that's something that could go wrong. He had a match against Eddie Guerrero a few months before this where he just <laughs> landed ass first on his head. So it's like that's a tough one to nail, but he nailed it here. Um, and then, like you said, Taz no sells. It gets up and hits an arm traps uh, Taz Plex of some sort. And Taz gets the win. But Scorpio's foot was on the rope and the referee doesn't see this. Um, and who's here to uh, to help this situation? None other than Bill Alfonso is back here. The uh, fuck, what do they call him? He's like he, he like represents the state of Pennsylvania or something. Yeah, so he's, he's like, the like state the official referee or some crap. State like that. state official, yeah, yeah, something like that. So he has like the overall authority basically. Um, so he comes out here. Bill Alfonso does, and he's like. Hey, he got his foot on the rope. We're going to start this match again. Um, and then Bill or uh, Taz and Paul Heyman, which, by the way, Paul, Paulie dangerously is with Taz here. Uh, Paul Heyman starts a jaw jacking with Bill Alfonso. And Bill's like, hey, if any wrestler touches me, I'm going to shut this place down. And then Paul Heyman's like, well, good thing I'm not a fucking wrestler. And then he takes his jacket off. He's, he's rolling his cuffs up. Uh, Taz is backing him up. And uh, as this is all happening, Scorpio's back up and hits Taz in the back with a steel chair and then follows it up. Uh, he like puts the chair on Taz's chest and then hits a leg drop from the top rope onto the chair onto Taz's chest. 
and he makes the pin. Bill Alfonso makes the count. I don't know if this is in the uh, the the record books. I don't know if this was sanctioned, uh, but it happens. So he well, gets Bill the visual Alfonso is the state official referee, so it clearly took place. I guess. Yeah, we, we'd have to look back in the uh, the records, the archives, pull that big notebook out and see what happened. But um, yeah. Any other thoughts on this match? I thought it was pretty good for the most part. It was the best match on this show, 100% for sure. Yeah, if mm. I was going to go back and watch anything from this show again, I'd go back and watch that match. It was really good. Yeah. ECW was really good about that. Having at least like one match that was like this kind of style, whether it was like Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit or somebody, the Luchadors later on, um, amongst all this shit. So, because, <laughs> um, man, but speaking of shit. Uh, we got Joey Styles in the ring. Joey Styles isn't shit. Uh, no, another yeah, guy no. is. That's gonna come out. Um, he's he's letting the fans know that they can call the Hardcore Hotline, um, which apparently will provide details on the uh, contract negotiations of Shane Douglas, who is about to flip over to the WWF at this point. It's really gonna work out for him too. You big Dean Douglas guy. <laughs> Huge. I got a Dean Douglas poster. I got a t-shirt, everything. I'm a huge oh, that's Dean pretty Douglas cool, man. guy. Yeah. No, I mean, no. that's what everybody knows. Nobody liked Dean Douglas. That's a stupid gimmick. Dude, it's so I've only like heard about Dean Douglas, um, but I've reached I've recently gotten to the point in my Raw rewatch where uh, Dean Douglas debuts and immediately it's just awful. Like at no point was it like, oh, this baby has potential. I was like, no, it was really, really stupid. Um, and then his music was just like constant nails on a chalkboard. Like that's what he came out to. It's just like nails on a chalkboard. And I'm like, why? why? I'm, I was like 12 and I was still like, why? This is stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's like my favorite thing about new generation is just some of the music like Diesel's music was just like, like looped over and over again. You had like Henry O'Godwin coming out to pigs winking. So we watched, so. um, before, we did like a Royal Rumble preview show the morning of the Royal Rumble. We watched the 1995 Royal Rumble match. And so, yeah, some of the music on there is the damn worst. Yeah. It's, it's rough. I mean, it's better than what we have today from fucking Def Rebel, but yeah. Um, so Thank we got you. Shane, du- Shane Douglas comes out here. He interrupts Joey styles. Shane's wearing a, uh, a WWF t-shirt. Uh, to really drive that point home. And uh, it was just a lot of rambling <laughs> on the part of Shane Douglas. I didn't really, I don't know. What did you think of this Shane Douglas promo deal? Like It was fine at first because he was like getting the crowd riled up. But then it yeah. just, it went on for so long. Like it just became like a marathon to watch. And I think I like looked at my phone. It was like, you know, looking through Twitter or something. And then looked up. I'm like, this motherfucker is still talking why is this still going on like it would have been cool if it was 10 minutes and it might have been 10 minutes but it felt like 25 yeah it was yeah it definitely felt like the majority of the show was just shane douglas doing various things he had no matches it was just (laughs) um i was also offended by his yellow trousers too i was not a fan of those yellow pants he was wearing Thank you. It's almost like they were like football pants without the pads. It was like, what are we doing? <laughs> are they shorts or are they pants or what are what's going on here? He's, he's ready for anything. So maybe the joke's on us. That's true. <laughs> very, very versatile uh, piece of clothing by this Shane Douglas fella. Um, but then as as Shane, he's he's just rambling on. He's like, ah, you never gave me the respect. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, a woman comes out. Nancy Sullivan. And uh, 
she gets in the ring and she tells because she was formerly the manager of Shane Douglas for a very brief period because there's a point where she like turned on Sandman and aligned with Shane Douglas and then they, they flip flopped. It was all a ruse. It was a whole thing. Hmm. But um, basically, they have a, a long history together and woman's out there and she's like, uh, Shane, you're not going anywhere because I know what you really want, which her vagina, I guess. I, I, don't I know. assume that I was assuming that's what she meant or her boobs, one or the other. Yeah, I mean, there's some boobs over in the WWF. I think Sonny's over there, so it's like, you know. I mean, she'd, she'd bang Hack Myers, so he's got a shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, her rate was a little higher back then, but... um, That's true. Or maybe, yeah, it's deflation, opposite inflation, I don't know. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> so, woman's out here, and she's like, uh... She's just saying all that shit, and then Shane's like, you know, we've been through a lot together. You screwed me over. You cost me the ECW title, but you have nice tits, so that's okay. Which is um sounds like I'm joking. That's pretty much what he said. No, yeah, it's almost verbatim what he said. And uh, he's like, uh, you know, he says, "You're the most gorgeous, well endowed woman I've ever seen, and you're also a beep bag." What do we think he said there? Is hose bag? I think no, that's like a Canadian thing, right? So I mean, it is a thing, but would that be censored? No, not in ECW. You would think, but that's like, yeah. I don't, but I, like, what else could it be? He, I'm sure he didn't call her a douchebag because that would be a weird thing to call a female. Jizzbag? I don't know if that Jizz, was in the vernacular in '95. Jizzbag's though. a good one. You know what? You know what I really like about this show is we're doing a lot of uh, ways to insult people, and I like to insult people. So this is fun. look. We're helping everybody <laughs> out there. You gotta <laughs> differentiate your words. When did jizz, when did jizz become a word? Because I don't think people were saying jizz in the '90s. Am I wrong on that one? Yeah, so I'm a 90s kid, and no, I don't remember people saying jizz in the 90s, no. Yeah, I, I mean, remember. I was too. I guess me as an eight-year-old, it isn't, I'm not really saying jizz. Um, I, don't even know <laughs> I jizz should hope not. As an eight-year-old. Um, it's like, why are my pants wet? I didn't really know what it was, but... Um, it wasn't jizz. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so woman's <laughs> out here. Woman slaps uh, Shane Douglas uh, for being called a jizz bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shane's like, hey, I would never hit a woman. In fact, I want to give you the chance to do what you love best. And he's referencing when um, it's like this, this famous moment where uh, Tommy Dreamer's on his knees and he's letting Sandman hit him repeatedly with the Singapore King. I believe he lost a match and that was like the, the stipulation. And a woman was ringside and she was happy about it. So Shane's like, hey, you could do the same to me, but with slaps. Uh, so woman tries to slap Shane Douglas, but Shane catches her hand, grabs her by the hair and uh, this brings out Sandman, finally. Took his t- fucking time coming out here to save her. Um, hits Shane in the back with a Singapore cane, runs him off. And then uh, Cactus Jack comes out. We got like a train of people just coming out here to attack Sandman. Because um, they have a match later on in the show. But Sandman just leaps over the top rope amazingly and just lands on his feet and scurries out of here. It's like, God, meth can make you do a lot of crazy things, I guess. <laughs> Right. Um, then Shane. I didn't think he had that in him. Honestly, I didn't think the same man could hop over the top rope like that. He did it like Bobby the Brain Heenan did it in the eighties. He did it like it was nothing. (laughs) And we're just on the tip of the iceberg about amazing things. There's one spot in particular. You probably know what I'm talking about in this match. I was like, what the fuck did I just see? Um, but here Shane's. He walks to the back. Joey Styles catches up with him, and he's like, "Hey, what tarnation?" And then Shane's like, 
later tonight, I'm going to teach Sandman a lesson. Uh, so this show is just full of foreshadowing, I guess. Um, but yeah, thoughts? If you're <laughs> going to come and attack here. someone later, the best thing that you should probably do is tell them about it first. That's what I always say. Hey, maybe he's bluffing. Maybe he's just trying to... That's maybe a, he's that's lying. A, and then like, I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, so Shane Douglas is going to face uh, this, the face of the Sandman later on. Nope, I'm wrong. Nope. I'm like, oh, we nope. did all this to build up a match. Nope. <laughs> that must be why he's wearing those stupid-ass spandex pants he's ready for wrestling nope it looks like what he a, wears it looked like a wrestling singlet but it didn't like have any straps on the top it was just the bottom of it like the straps yeah. that somehow got removed and he only had the bottom it was so weird. right <laughs> um but uh the fashion does not get any better with this next match so we have raven and stevie richards the tag team champions i guess i don't know when they won the title it feels like a house show where they won the titles or what because last show i watched they were not the champions but um so it's Raven and Stevie Richards versus Luna Fashon and Tommy Dreamer. So uh, they have the opportunity to be the first ever intergender tag team champions here. Um, I just got caught. Stevie Richards is fucking amazing here. I mean, I think he plays his role so well. Just like the bumbling idiot that's wearing Daisy Dukes for no reason. Were you into that? No, I absolutely. I thought that Steven Richards was the star of this match. Just like the way he bumps and sells. And yeah, he definitely plays this lackey role you know lackey goofy role for raven very very well yeah he's good at what he does yeah even like right to censor stuff he he would always commit to his gimmicks so definitely an underrated dude um got luna for sean out here amazingly uh a lot of this match is just luna grabbing stevie richard's balls and uh what was it called? The, t- the testicular claws with Joey Styles. She did a dick. She did a dick flip way before Joey Ryan did it, but in mm. a different fashion. The end of the innovator of violence. <laughs> Do you think Stevie Richards got a little bricked up while she was doing this? Oh, I can't imagine. I ah, I don't know. I would, what do you do if you're in that? Do you let go? I don't know. <laughs> or does it hurt Man. more? The These hard- are the questions. The hard-hitting questions on the hardest part of the ring here that I... <laughs> not much in life brings me at a loss for words, but this kind of does. I'm not 100% sure what you do with that. I'll let you ponder that, sleep on it, and get back to me on that. Okay. Um, but Luna's grabbing Stevie Richards by the dick, throws him across the ring. There's actual things that happen on a wrestling show. Um, and then it kind of breaks off into two different fights. So you have Tommy Dreamer and Raven fighting in the aisle lane by the stage. Uh... Tommy holds Raven for somebody in the crowd to hit him with a frying pan, which is fantastic. Um, you got Luna just beating up Stevie Rich, just bullying Stevie Richards in the ring. Um, but uh, Raven and Tommy, they're fighting by the stage and somewhere a newspaper receptacle appears out of nowhere. Um, it's like a big ass, like a real thing you would find on the street. And uh, Raven slams Tommy's hand inside it, like the little door where you get the newspaper, just slams his hand inside of it, breaks his fingers and this uh, essentially takes out Tommy for a bit, which allows Raven to get back in the ring to help Steve because he's having a tough time with Luna Vachon in there. They uh, they hit a double DDT on the Luna. They only get to two count, amazingly. But Raven's like, hey, Steve, you got this. I have faith in you. So Raven just goes on the apron. He's just there doing his pose. And uh, Tommy Dreamer's back, pulls the rug under from under Raven, he goes tumbling. His arms get stuck on the ropes, which is a fun little spot. Uh, and this allows Tommy to hit him in the head with a chair a couple times, beats on him on the ground once he gets from out of the ropes. Uh, in the ring, Luna hits Steve 
with a superplex. And he has her he, or she has him pinned. But that goddamn Beulah McGillicuddy's in the ring, throws powder in the face of Luna. And Stevie is able to roll up Luna for the win. So they retain the titles and Luna has a lot of white stuff on her face. Thoughts? So it's always weird to see a finish to a match with someone getting salt thrown in their eyes. Because I like I realize that you'd have salt in your eyes, but I just don't know how. She went through a whole bunch of shit. They double DDT'd her. They, they hit her with chairs and all this crap. And then she gets salt in her eyes and she can't kick out. It just, I don't know. I don't love that finish. Um, mm. This match was all over the place. It was, I was shocked to see Tommy Dreamer coming to the ring with Luna Vachon to take these guys on. Uh, it yeah. was kind of, yeah, it was crazy brawl everywhere. Um, my favorite part was when they hit the double DDT on Luna and then they, Stevie Richards tries to go for the pin and the ECW referee who hasn't said shit about anything that's happened this entire time says, no, no, Raven, you've got to get out of the ring first before I can count this three count because I am an upstanding official and that's how things go. Hold the tag rope, damn it. I don't care about newspaper receptacles or chairs. Get out of the ring if I'm counting the falls. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Can't let the in- inmates run the asylum in here. Come on, there's got to be some rules. God damn it. Speaking about rules, after this match, Todd Gordon is here. The, uh, the uh, I don't know what you call him, the, uh, the owner. He's not really the owner. He's kind of the on-screen kind of uh, general manager of sorts. Um, but he calls out Bill Alfonso because they, they've had a, uh, a few tussles in the past because it's like a, a power struggle. Who has the real authority here? That kind of thing. Um, Todd, he tells Bill Alfonso, he's like, hey, you want to ref? Well, you're going to ref this next match. And Bill's like, okay. And um, and what match does he ref? You're asking the Taipei death match. Ian Rotten versus Axel Rotten. Who are you? um, Are you familiar with either of these guys or the feud that they had in ECW? So I had heard about, you know, these guys and I heard about this match that they're doing here. I've heard more about Axel Rotten maybe than Ian. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are they shoot brothers or is that just a gimmick? You know what? I have never given it a second thought. I'm just like, yeah, they're brothers, but they they look like they were both born in a trailer. So I get it. Yeah, they might as well be (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Yeah, Axel Rotten's definitely like he's, he's the only one that ever cuts promos. He's definitely the more competent in the ring i suppose even though their matches are pretty much just you know weapons weapons punch punch so it's kind of hard to tell sometimes so one of them was they ran like an iwa mid-south for a while didn't they i think it was axel or i maybe think that's e. axel yeah okay okay but yeah these guys have been so initially they were a tag team because they're brothers um but they lost a match in which the stipulation was whoever loses this match can no longer team together so they lost that match could no longer team and then proceeded to just beat the shit out of each other for the better part of a year. Um, they've had the uh, cha- uh, barbed wire matches. They've had barbed wire chair matches. They've had last man standing match, like everything. It's, it's like every show almost. There's some sort of rotten match where it's just blood punching weapons. Um, some of them are fine. Some of them are just a chore to get through. But this one in particular was it was not boring by any means. You, 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 you can't say that. No. Um, and I actually I have seen this. It's been a while since I've seen this match, but I, I got the DVD is called like bloodiest battles in ECW history or something like that. And so this was on here and boy, howdy, did it have a reason to be because there was uh, quite a lot of blood spilled in this one. Um, and for anybody who's not aware, a Taipei death match 
Uh, it's when you have broken glass glued to your fists. That that's the match. And then you proceed to just it seems like I'm assuming it's shoot glass because Axel comes out and he's like holding his hand out to the fans ringside and letting them all touch it. So it's like if it's not glass, it's something it's got to be something sharp and whatever the hell. Um, but uh, yeah, so Ian comes out, Axel comes out and there's an immediate we want blood chant. And they sure do get it. Uh, but in the beginning, so I actually really like the beginning because there's like the sense of tension between the two because they both have glass on their fists. So it's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Um, Axel hits in with like one little shot to the face. It kind of opens him up a little bit over his eye. Then Bill Alfonso, because remember, he's the referee of this match. He uh, he stops the match because of Ian's lack of vision because he has a little th- over his eye. And um like, oh, my God, what we're getting robbed out of this match. But then out of nowhere, public enemy and the gangsters because <laughs> they couldn't wait till their scheduled match later in the show, I guess. Um, so they fight like from the back out into the aisle way. And Bill Alfonso is like, hey, you get out of here. So he chases them off. He's like trying to control the situation, Bill Alfonso. And they all go to the back. So there's no referee anymore in the ring. And Todd Gordon, Todd Gordon, he gets in the ring. He's like, well, let's just restart the match. So the match gets restarted. A new referee comes out and uh, the Rotten Brothers just begin to destroy each other. Uh, what 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 do you think about this? This hullabaloo here. Uh, it was hard to watch. Uh, I actually when no. when I, I know Fonzie is supposed to be the heel referee here, but when he punched him once. And he started bleeding, and he called it. I said, "Thank God! Now maybe I won't have to watch this. If it's over, we won't have to watch." <laughs> so you're on guys. the side of Bill Alfonso here. Okay, I see it. <laughs> I, I thought Fonzie made a lot of sense. Actually, it's gonna make a lot of sense. <laughs> I was on his side for sure. Uh, but you're right. The beginning of it was really cool before the first stoppage because they were kind of feeling each other out and like scared to get hit. So that was that was fun. But then once it got going, it was basically just two motherfuckers cutting each other's faces. And yep. I get that people, some people like to watch that. I particularly don't like to watch it. I was just happy when it was finally over. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely. I mean, there was no there's no feeling out process. Uh, there was no science to it. There was no work in a body part. It was just, hey, let's bleed a lot uh, for a bit and then somebody will win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, raking each other in the face with the glass, like glass will like fall off their fists and they'll pick it up and just it's like blading but like in plain sight right um and then they got the thumbtacks out because i mean we've already got glass on our fists why don't we get some thumbtacks that's what that's exactly what this match needs right yes because it wasn't (laughs) extreme enough (laughs) um so both guys are just pouring blood an obtuse amount of blood i would say um and then like you said ian he goes out grabs thumbtacks dumps them in the ring and then Ian tries to powerbomb Axel into these tacks. And for a second, like a split second, I thought Ian was about to do a Canadian destroyer onto Axel onto these tacks. But in reality, he was just getting backdropped onto the tacks. So Ian goes back first into the tacks and uh, Axel, what does Axel do? Does he just pin? No, oh, he like hits a splash onto Ian onto the tacks. And Axel gets the win. Just a pool of blood. The ring is just covered in red. And, uh, yeah, so Axel Rotten gets the win here. Not to mention that that entire place looked filthy and that you might be able to get hepatitis in there was another reason why. Oh, was there like, was just pu- puddles of HIV everywhere. No, that's, that you're, you're <laughs> this doesn't make it any more dangerous, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Axel, 
He actually, because I looked to the next card, uh, Axel actually gets a uh, ECW title match on the next card. So this really builds up to that, which is fun. Um, it's funny. I'm watching all these in order. It's like normally I wouldn't be hyped for that. But after watching this journey <laughs> of these guys just killing each other for months and months, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go, Axel. Let's nice get that change, title. Nice change of pace. Yeah. But actually, so yeah, if it, I guess if I, I don't know, if you're into this kind of thing, maybe this would be the match I'd recommend if you haven't seen this show. It's definitely a legendary match. I think this might be why it's like so remastered on Peacock. If you go to this on Peacock, it's like in really good quality. Uh, so I think this is like such a legendary show, I guess, because of this match. Um, so whether you like yeah, it or like, don't like it, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, like I said, I had never, you know, watched any of this stuff, but I've heard the legend or the lore of it. So, I mean, I guess it's good to go out of your way and see it once, right? Yeah, well, hopefully it's the finale of these two because <laughs> they've had a, a lot of battles and I'm kind of sick of them doing it. I so. feel like it's going to come back around, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of coming back around, Luna, Fashawn, Steve Richards, Raven and Tommy Dreamer are, are coming back around because we didn't get enough of them earlier. Uh, it, it just cuts to them. They're all fighting in the ring for some reason. Don't know what happened. Uh, I guess they didn't get it out of their system. Yeah. But uh, the Pitbulls come out. And remember, they, they lost a match earlier in the show due to Raven leaving them, essentially. So uh, the Pitbulls come out. And Stevie Richards, he, he orders the Pitbulls to give the super bomb to Tommy Dreamer. Uh, but the Pitbulls they decide to turn on him. So they attack Steve Richards and Raven. Uh, they actually try to give the super bomb to Steve, but the Dudleys are back. Thank God. Uh, the same Dudleys, not in Dudley. Um, them and the pit bulls go at it. Everybody is just fighting all over the place. They eventually make it to like the platform, like where the commentary table is. Um, but the Dudleys Raven and Steve Richards, they eventually get run off. And then you have this like visual of, the Pitbulls, Tommy Dreamer and Luna all in solidarity. You got, you got the Pitbulls holding Luna up on their shoulders and Tommy Dreamer doing his pose. So that was that was fun. A fun little segment there, I think. That was a cool moment with them, with them holding up Luna and the crowd going crazy. Yeah, but other than that, that was just like a, like a tornado of I don't understand what's happening. Because we just went from the one thing mm-hmm. to all of a sudden they're brawling and then another team's out here and then another team's out here. And I'm like, why the why do the Dudley boys even care at this point? Just go back to Dudleyville. Isn't there some, some construction jobs that Big Dick Dudley needs done? What the fuck <laughs> are you guys still doing here? Get the fuck out. Is that the backstory of the Dudleys? They're construction workers? So I remember WrestleMania 17 where they're doing the uh la- the the TLC match and mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's going oh you know the 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 big their their father Dudley big da- he didn't say Big Dick Dudley but he's like Daddy Dudley had a big construction company in Dudleyville and then I remember Jr after he tells this whole story going I heard I heard Dudleyville is just outside of parts unknown but that's just a rumor <laughs> I forgot about that that's the, the the lore of the Dudleys it's it's deep it's deep. That's how they know how to stack those tables because of their construction jobs. That makes a lot of sense. You know what? I'm liking where this is going. I like that. I like that. Um, it had to start somewhere, I guess. It did. It did. That's the origin of the Dudley Boys. Man. Well, can't wait to uh, relive that, I suppose. Oh but uh, <laughs> So uh, the next match, the ECW world titles on the line. You got the champion, Sandman, along with Woman, Versus Cactus Jack. So these guys seemingly just will never stop wrestling each other. It's like, it seems like every show these guys are fighting each other. But so you got Sandman. He has two Singapore Canes. 
coming out there. And you got Jack, Cactus Jack, comes out with his hand wrapped in barbed wire, to which I feel like is a little underwhelming at this point, you know, given what we've seen already with the, the glass, etc. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's in the crowd's like, get some glass, you pussy. What's that going to do? You're not going to do nothing with that. Yeah, but actually. Um, but yeah, there's another match where it's just like, especially at the beginning, it just felt like Kane, Kane, Kane over and over again. Um, it's it got to be Kane. Up. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, so there's one spot in this match. So Cactus Jack is on the outside. Sandman is on the inside holding a Singapore cane. Sandman runs to the ropes, hurdles it, <laughs> hits Cactus Jack on as he's coming down from the ring to the floor and just lands on his feet. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Since when could he do this type of stuff? I literally, I'm sitting on my couch, right? That happens. I'm like... I was like, did he just flush, just jump over the top rope and hit it with the kiddos thing? I literally rewound it th- three times and watched it again. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Like, you wouldn't think the Sandman in his uh, American flag pants is about to leap over the top rope, but he fucking did it. Like, it was nothing. Yeah, easily. Yeah, like you said, it's like just like taking a step. It was like he had a, might have had a cigarette in his mouth at the time. I don't even know. I bet he did. But, yeah, it's like young Sandman is a... Uh, it's a spectacle to watch, let me tell you. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of shit happening in this match. And any spots in particular stick out to you? So I mean, besides that spot, and then they like he like wrapped his body in, in barbed wire, and then he was like splashing Jack in the quarter repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, I remember a woman got involved at one point, and then a lot of kendo stick shots for sure. A lot of kendo stick mm-hmm. shots in this one. There were some kendo sticks in the eye. Lots to unpack Ooh. in this one. Yeah, there's yeah a lot going on. Um, yeah, like you said, woman, she brings out like a, a strand of barbed wire, just holding it like, ouch. Um, yeah, she, like she was holding a snake. She had it on <laughs> like a, on a kendo stick, and she was carrying it out there like she didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, how would you carry barbed wire? You know? Well, I live on a farm. I don't really, but I tell people I do. I live on a farm, so you know you got to put the, it on the chicken the chicken fence. So I'm very familiar with barbed wire. I'm not. Oh, so you just take it and just grab yeah. it, palm fit just, first, and just. I've I've, I've cut my hands with barbed wire since I was three. Well, you're hardcore, pal. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, like you said, lots of mindless cane shots. Uh, You get a cactus elbow from the apron to the concrete floor uh, with a chair, of course, because why not? Um, (laughs) There's one point, like you said, Sandman, he has the barbed wire wrapped around his like torso. Uh, Sandman gets knocked on his back in the ring cactus like pulls his shirt up like so it's like over his face so like the barbed wires in his face his shirts in his face so he can't see uh and then cactus is like you know what that's not enough let me put a steel chair on your face as well and uh he hits a leg drop from the second rope onto sandman's face uh only for a two count though i guess because <laughs> that's not brutal enough um yeah <laughs> and mind you all while all this is happening Cactus Jack, he still has his hand wrapped in barbed wire. So you got a lot of, you know, ah, ja, 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 ja. Cactus Jack shots at the hand. Then you get like a, it's ECW. Why are we doing ref pumps? Like, <laughs> right. It's like, at this point, isn't it anything goes? I just watched him, you know, hit him with a Kindle stick a thousand times. And then he literally, I watched two guys beat each other for seven minutes with glass on their hands. 
Who cares yeah. if somebody interferes at this point? Yeah. But uh, Shane Douglas comes in and uh, he wraps Sandman. He like rewraps Sandman in the barbed wire, gives him a pile driver. And then uh, Shane Douglas, he grabs a mic and he's like, keep your enemies. Shit, what did he say? He's like, keep your enemies closer, but your friends right by your side. Or is it backwards? Or is it the other way around? It was something like, keep your enemies close, but your your free. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, something like that. Or your friends, keep your friends, uh, whatever. But, you know, he uh, basically is alluding to the fact that he dislikes Cactus Jack more than Sandman, even though he just gave Sandman a pile driver. So I don't know why that was quite necessary. Because um, remember from previously, he's like, Sandman's going to, he's going to pay. He's going to get his, his comeuppance or whatever Shane Douglas that's said. True, he did say that. Uh, so he pile drives Sandman, but then Douglas, he grabs like a, a Singapore cane that's been split in half. So you got like the jagged strands poking out of it and he stabs Cactus Jack in the face with it. So, uh, this allows Sandman to make the cover for the win. So Sandman retains his ECW title with the help of Shane Douglas and, uh, and Todd Gordon comes out. He's like, Hey, Shane, you're not even, you're leaving here. Like, I'm not even going to. I'm going to reverse the decision. And then uh, Shane Douglas is like, hey, Toddy, listen, I'll stay in ECW if you just get on your knees and beg me. And uh, Todd Gordon proceeds to get on his knees. And then he gets back up and says, you're fucking fired to Shane Douglas. Uh, And then (laughs) Shane punches Todd Gordon, which delivers maybe my favorite bump of all time. Todd just goes flying all the way across the ring. It's like, like a Mr. Perfect bump from getting punched. Um, and this, so, so Douglas is busy. He's about to just beat on Todd Gordon and the crowd starts chanting nine one one. And then lo and behold, a nine one one comes out to make the save. He runs off Shane Douglas and, uh, yeah, chaos. I guess you would describe this, this whole situation. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. There was a lot going on there, too. Douglas wanted him to beg him to stay, and then he told him he was fired. And it's, it's one of those, you can't fire me because I quit scenarios. But, yeah, the punch, it was like a cartoon. It was like when someone gets hit in a cartoon, <laughs> they fly back. That's really what it was like. I, I don't know. Interesting stuff. Dean Douglas is on his way to be a teacher. So It's, it's, it's a stark contrast from what he is now. Um, it was literally like the vignettes for Dean, Dean Douglas. He, he comes in, he scratches his nails on the chalkboard and then he just like starts teaching. Like it's not entertaining. It's just like it's like it's Matt Stryker, basically, you know, yeah. Matt Stryker did it better, though. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. <laughs> um, But it is what it is, I guess. I guess he won the Intercontinental title for a second. So, yeah, for yeah, about like 15 minutes or something. Yeah, so. It's more more than I've done in the WWF. So. I mean, that's true. I've never even been the twenty four seven champion. So what have I fucking done? I mean, it's who, not who have we ever beat, Kyle? We ain't never beat nobody. Yeah, all we beat is our dicks. So the next match is uh, a tag team yeah, match. <laughs> the main event, ladies and gentlemen, it's the gangsters versus the Public Enemy. So, um, are you a fan of the Public Enemy? Uh, the rap group or the tag team? The tag team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the Public Enemy. So I remember, I didn't like. I said not a lot in uh, uh, ECW, but when they were in WCW, they always brought the tables to the ring. Nah, 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 nah. 
nah, 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 nah. Yeah. I mean, I live in Nebraska, so they were white guys doing cool dances, so I liked them. I was like, hey, look at oh, these so guys. That was, <laughs> look, look at these guys. They're urban. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So I've had several people on here to talk about ECW, and everybody hates Public Enemy. I'm like, what? They're just they're having fun out there. Now I figured it out. That's the demographic that they appeal to. It's people from Nebraska who don't know what black people are. So <laughs> the, the, we've never seen them before. We don't know. Must <laughs> be confused when you had New Jack and Mustafa coming out here. It's like who are these Lost. fellas? Uh, <laughs> I used to always tell people like Harlem Heat was my favorite tag team growing up. They're like, why? I was like, I live in Nebraska. I didn't see a lot of black people. I just thought they were cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Um. But uh, yeah, both these guys, all, all, both teams have their music dubbed over. So that really takes we talked about earlier. It really takes the appeal out of both of them. I just wanted to shut it off at that point. <laughs> yeah, might as well have. Um, but uh, so public enemies out there, they they both have mailboxes uh, that say eat shit on them. So uh, do you have any idea of the underlying story here? Uh, they are really upset with their mailman. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't want What'd you be mad at the mailman for? Well, I guess getting mad at the mailman because the only thing I get in the mail is bills. So I guess the yeah. mailman can't. The mailman can't eat shit. Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're talking through this, like you know what? This makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna go grab my mailbox. <laughs> the gangsters are right on. all along. <laughs> so uh, this match, it's, it's a battle of uh, what did Joey Styles say? It's like the battle of the uh, gangsters. I guess battle of the gangsters. Um, but uh, yeah, you got um. I mean, this is it felt like a street fight. This match, I will say it was um, which I kind of like in a sense. And this is one of the situations where, like I said, if you put this on mute, it's just like, what the hell? It just seems like a bunch of nothing happening. But the yeah. crowd was into every second of this. Um, and like I said, it just felt like a fight. I mean, they're fighting all around the arena. You got again, They're like paired off. There's like two people in the ring, two people on the outside. Um, I don't know. What do you think of this whole deal? I guess. It was a fun little brawl. The, the The problem is when you watch stuff like this, it's just they do so much of the brawling everywhere that by the time you get to the, the, the third match, the fourth match, and they're brawling everywhere again, mm-hmm. you're just like, well, I, I've seen them put somebody through the table at the stage over by Joey Styles before, so it's not that cool anymore. Uh, but it was a fun brawl. My favorite part of it was when somebody from the crowd gave uh, somebody a keyboard and he hit them with the keyboard and Joey Styles said, oh, it came from one of our internet fans, which I thought was really, really <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah, and then it had a croquet mallet, which I don't know if you've ever played croquet or had a croquet mallet in your hand, but them motherfuckers are hard. So I can't imagine how you get like a goddamn croquet mallet. You probably don't. They probably just really hit people with croquet mallets. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, you got like Rock, Rocco, Rock, and Mustafa are fighting by the stage, just putting each other through tables nonsensically. Uh, you got Johnny Grunge. New Jack, they're fighting in the ring. It's like umbrellas get involved. They're like trying to shove it up each other's asses or whatever. Um, but they're both just busted open immediately. So don't know what happened. But apparently, I mean, it's a New Jack match. So he just starts off bleeding. Yeah, he ju- he pre-juices before he comes out. <laughs> the old pre-juice. There you go. Um, but in the ring, you got actually a, a, quite a bit of a- athleticism, amazingly, in this match. Um, so you got uh, so Johnny Grunge. He puts Jack through a table with a leg drop. Well, maybe that wasn't athletic because it was kind of more of like a like a scissor kick almost. It's like he couldn't figure out how to get his other leg up. He couldn't get his leg quite up high enough. Yeah. But hey, they broke the table. That's more it's than you can ask for sometimes. Um, 
yeah, like you said, a croquet mallet gets involved. Johnny Grunge, he's just bopping every bopping bopping both gangsters in the penis repeatedly with this croquet mallet. Lots of low blows, lots of shots with the croquet mallet. And uh, Rocco Rock, he sets up a table in the ring, puts New Jack on it, and hits a beautiful moonsault through New Jack through the table. Hits it perfectly, which was uh, I didn't I didn't expect that at all. But um, no. but the gangster. The gangsters, they fight back eventually. They uh, they take out Rock and they gang up on Johnny Grunge for a bit. But uh, Rocco Rock from out of nowhere comes off from the top rope with a croquet mallet to the head of Mustafa. And that gives <laughs> that's a sentence. And that gives <laughs> the public enemy the win via croquet mallet to the skull. So but they keep fighting after the, the, the bell rings, but the fight's not over. So they keep fighting to the back and. Uh, eventually the public enemy, they come back to celebrate. So I guess who knows what happened <laughs> to the gangsters. Uh, so they, they, they do their dance. Like I said, the versions that I had, that I was able to find, they didn't have the hop stepper. So it just had this, like, it's almost like the oddities theme song. Kind of It did sound like even on, the, I think, no, cause I watched a different version than you. So maybe I just wanted it to be the oddities theme song. I think, I think it just subconsciously yeah. put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Always have the oddities in the back of your head. Exactly. Um, but then the fans get in the ring and I know there was a point in time where they, the fans get in the ring and the ring breaks. So that's I thought this was that moment, but it was not because um, like the, the ring is literally I mean, it's full brim to brim with fans. People got people are on the apron and everything. Huge ECW chance. I mean, the ring didn't break, but it was it was a cool moment nonetheless at the end here. It was really cool, and yeah, I definitely, because I've seen the videos of the ring breaking, so I really thought that this was one where it breaks. There was one guy, particularly on the ring apron, who kept proclaiming himself a champion. He just oh, repeatedly, yeah. over and over again, was like, yeah, I'm standing on the ring apron, and that makes me a champion. So I feel really good about <laughs> that guy, because he was very happy with himself. That's probably his Tinder picture right there. I mean, I, I mean I'd mean, i swipe right on that. I don't know about you. <laughs> it is a good shot. He was, he was an attractive man. For an ECW fan, I mean... It's probably the first one I'd fuck. In Everybody crowd, so. in there is is a, is a two or a three, and that guy was at least a three and a half. So yeah, he's a Philadelphia eight though. So <laughs> yeah, hilarious. But uh, yeah, any other thoughts on the match itself? I know we kind of talked a lot about it. Was, it. it was fun. It's just, the, the thing I'm taking away from it is in the sh- real battle between two street teams, croquet mallets usually come and come into play. So it all makes sense. I mean, every good street <laughs> gang has a croquet mallet. So, I mean, you don't think either of these four gentlemen play croquet in their spare time? I, I don't think so. I think when they gave him that, they were probably like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's a big ass hammer. New, New Jack called it a hockey stick. He's like, oh, no, it's a hockey stick. <laughs> I'm just picturing New Jack, like in his front lawn, just God damn. I don't know. What, what is croquet? Do you hit a ball, right? Yeah. You got to hit a ball through the things. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. There's, and then there's, there's like, like a, a thing at the end of all those where you have to hit the ball to touch. I think is how it works. Oh, okay. So you're the resident croquet expert. I mean, I had like a croquet thing that I used to mess around with when I was a kid, or my cousins had one or something. But I don't know the rules. You have to look them up. That there's some croquet enthusiast listening to this, like, God damn it, you you, you gotta hit it through <laughs> all three of them in a, in a row. But um, that's a story for another podcast where me and you try to figure out how to play croquet. Well, that that's our that's our uh, our side piece uh, podcast that we do together, uh, C- Croquet with Britt and Kyle. So it's amazing. We got two subscribers so far. So, yeah, and it's it's us. So 
Um, <laughs> but any hoozle. So Hardcore Heaven 95, that brings the show to a close. Uh, any other overall thoughts or anything we missed in this show? Other than wrestling on, you know, some sort of amphetamines, that's the best I can tell you about this show. It's just a bunch of, a whole lot of nonsense mixed in with one good wrestling match. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking through this card. You got man-on-woman violence. You got the Dudley Dudley. You got 911 choke slamming people. You got Big Val Puccio and heck, I mean, it's just drugs, drugs, weapons, drugs. <laughs> that's the, the magic of ECW, I guess. That should have been its mantra. ECW, weapons and drugs. <laughs> Was it not? I'm not confident that it was not. It probably was. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we're still in the early stages of ECW here, although we got some legendary stuff. I mean, this, this is the, the debut of the Gangsters, by the way, uh, in a match. Oh, and then, uh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, and you got the Taipei death match. So a pretty big show in the history of ECW, um, even though they're still figuring out. Um, they're kind of a work in progress, I guess you would say. But speaking of, yes, they are. Speaking of a work in progress, uh, where can everybody find you and listen to your podcast? So uh, it's at AWI Pod, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitch, Twitch.tv, AWI Pod. Um, usually, me and my my co host, the mayor of Canton, watch an episode of Superstars Live every Friday night, right after SmackDown. So if you could tune into that, we uh, we we talk, we call it it. It has terrible matches on the show, but there's always wonderful mullets. So come and join us. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you letting me come on here, Kyle. This is a lot of fun. Of course, man. I appreciate you coming on. Once again, thank you to Brent from the A Work in Progress Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining me uh, on this episode. Rootin' tootin' good time. And uh, we'll definitely be, we'll definitely be uh, bringing Brent on again at some point. Really good time. Uh, check out a work in progress wrestling podcast, wherever you listen on YouTube, on JizzTube, all that stuff. So, uh, just a couple of jizz bags having fun with wrestling. That's all you can really ask for. Apronbump.com for all my full episodes, uh, social media, follow all of them, you know, or they're here. If you're watching on YouTube down there, you can, you know, go to the description, follow all those, even my TikTok, which I, Need to start using more. I'm I'm I've, 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 I'm a big fan of the talk, but uh, I'm more so just watch it while taking a shit. That's really, um, yeah, man. I just I spend so much time watching TikToks. Uh, my my feet uh, often fall asleep while uh, while uh, jerking off in there. So, um, but yeah, that's all I got for you today. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Love you all. Big smooches all around. I'm hard. Yeah.